0: Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to twenty-seven hundred plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives in our world. Even though this podcast gets a hundred thousand plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from ten to forty-nine dollars a month including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Regardless of what you were taught to believe, there is nothing wrong with you. Going beyond, self-hate is a compassionate guide to learning to accept ourselves exactly as we are. Uh, So we're going to talk about her book and um, what self-hate is and uh, how meditation figures into all of this. So welcome, Sherry. Well, thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yes, you would. Tell me a bit about your background and how you got uh, involved in this topic. Well, those two don't (laughs) have very
2: much to do with one another. Um, but okay. I was I'm a student of Zen and I was in the monastery where I was training and my teacher sent me out to do workshops. And uh I was coming home from one of the workshops and I was being soundly berated inside my head about uh everything that I had done incorrectly during the the workshop, you know, the questions I hadn't answered, the wrong answers that I gave, how unqualified I was to be doing this, um, and all of that sort of thing. And I I suddenly, in one of those uh, epiphany moments, realized that I was listening to a voice talk to me inside my head. And it mm, wasn't... I, I've a, heard this. It was,
0: yeah, I've heard about yeah, this. People have depression. Go ahead.
2: No, <laughs> it's not just people with depression. It's everybody. Um, and so uh, realizing that that's what was happening, um, I began to tune into it and, and to listen for it as a thing. And I realized that there was a voice talking to me all the time. Um, and sometimes it would sound like it was just uh, me thinking. Uh, but when I paid closer attention, I realized that actually I wasn't doing it. I was re- Receiving it. So if the voice, if it sounded like the voice was talking, then I would hear it in quotes. I mean, obviously not hear it in the way you hear an external person talking to you, but hear it. If if it was more along the lines of what we call thinking, then I was watching it. I was aware of it. So as an example, um, you know, you'll hear somebody say, uh, you know, I just, I just had the greatest idea. And if you ask them, well, how did that happen? If they're paying close attention, they'll realize it just appeared in their head and they saw it. Mm -hmm. So it's catching on to that sort of thing going on inside one's head.
0: Quick question. Was the voice male or female or was it someone you knew? Like, how would you describe it?
2: Well, it's a voice that purported to be me. So when you hear the voice inside your head, it'll be you. It'll be Richard. Or it sounds like you go by Rich more than Richard. Uh, so it it is what you think of as you. It's just that there isn't if there isn't an awareness that you're not doing the thinking, but you are perceiving it. A person just simply believes that it's them. It's me. I've, it's always been this way. By for as long as I can remember, I think about stuff inside my head, and people don't pay any attention to it. But the thing that people do are aware of, extremely aware of, whether wherever they are in the spectrum of well, if people are terribly mm-hmm. unconscious, they're not they're not aware of very much. But if people are aware of what goes on with them, if they're self aware at all, um, then most people are aware of a critical voice inside their head. Be, some people have called it a critic or um it's sort of a shadow figure or it's but you know, for as long as we've been
0: working with it, the celpate, uh, is the term that is used. Yeah. Find it. Why would the voice be their own if it's a negative voice? Why would people have that instead of a positive one Or different voices for different emotions?
2: Well, because, you know, if we get terribly psychological about this, okay, there you are. You're a little kid and you're just the cutest, sweetest thing. And everybody just thinks you're absolutely adorable right up until the time that they don't. Uh, when you need to start meeting standards. You need to start paying attention to what other people want you to do. You need to start performing. Um, and for a lot of kids, that's way before the age of kindergarten, but certainly for every everybody in this, let's just talk about this country, although it's, it's true in other countries as well. Um, but so, just talk about us in terms of kindergarten. You you arrive at preschool or kindergarten or whatever it is, and suddenly you need to fit in. <laughs> you you need to do what you're told, and you receive criticism and or punishment if you don't. You're you're rejected if you don't. So, at a certain point, most people realize that in the way to avoid getting in trouble all the time is to figure out what people want. And so what happens at that juncture is uh, you start hearing inside your head uh, that, uh, that you need to raise your hand to go to the bathroom instead of peeing in your pants. Um, and you, you, are actually, you actually receive those kinds of messages. Um, you don't just start screaming and crying. You don't, uh, you don't take somebody else's crayons. You don't, and you get those messages about how you need to be in order to be acceptable, you know in psychology, this is usually and and spirituality too, but people are more familiar with it in psychology um, It's the birth of the ego the the illusion of being a particular person and now now you're learning how to navigate the world, and as you get older uh you you know around the age of uh, uh puberty you start. Creating a persona and identity. How you're going to be? Are you going to be a jock? Are you going to be? Um, are you going to be musical? Are you going to be charming and cute? Are you going to be a bad boy? Are you going to? You know who? Who are you going to be? How? How are you going to? And then, of course, by the time people are in their twenties, they've basically forgotten that they were that they ever went through that process. That they weren't always like that. So it's all of that stuff that's happening inside people's heads. Most of which most people are not aware
0: of. All right. So I don't know if you can figure this out, but what percentage of people, the voice in their head is not only loud, but negative overwhelmingly versus they don't have much of a voice in their head or they have a voice well, in their that's ne- not so negative?
2: There there are two things that tend to go on. Uh, people are either aware of it or they're not aware of it. It's not that it's the, the only people for whom it doesn't seem actually to be an issue are people who are developmentally uh, delayed or disabled in some way? Uh, people who don't have a strong sense of, of separation
0: uh, don't tend to have as much of this going on. So, um, those. Well, I know I'll give some, a true example like my wife will tell me, you know, more that she'll hear a voice sometimes saying negative things, sometimes not, but I don't feel like I do. I, I don't usually have a voice in my head that's like, oh, you're an idiot. Or, you know, on occasion, yes, I'll be like, why did I do that? I'm stupid. But I'll say it audibly. But I don't, I don't feel like I hear a voice telling me bad things as compared to like how much other people say. So does that mean I'm just not aware or what are your thoughts?
2: Yes, it, it probably does. You just, you don't hear it that way. Uh, you don't react to it in the same way. You know, people will compensate in all kinds of ways um most most addictive behaviors are compensation. You know people who work with alcoholics or drug addicts or that sort of thing will often say that it a person turns to addiction because they're too sensitive to really be able to tolerate life as life is uh so people will become addicted to all sorts of things not just drugs and alcohol uh but exercise and sex and um sports and uh all kinds of things that they do rather than paying attention to what's going on with them. Now, the the downside of that is a person may not know what's going on with them, but it doesn't mean they're not affected.
0: So if someone doesn't know what's going on with them, how would they be affected or go about their day versus someone that is very aware of the voice and hears it quite often?
2: Well, people can be anxious. And not realize that anxiety is a process. Be fearful, which is a you know another variation on that theme. Uh, stress, people. I mean, in this country, my God, stress is the national pastime, and don't necessarily think that there's anything about it. So they go to the doctor, and their the doctor says, you know, you need to calm down. You need to whatever it is, because. Um, you know, the, what you're putting your body through. But the person may have no uh, awareness at all that that's going on. A lot of people, uh, their first indication is, the, is a health crisis.
0: Yeah, I've spoken to people that um, I've asked them. Some some people have told me that they hear voices, not crazy person type voices, but yeah, they hear this voice in their head that, you know, either positive or negative. Um, but some people have told me that the negative voice was like a parent that always, uh, you know, Said mean things to them, or was hard on them, or and what uh, a few other people said they don't know. It was just um, not an audible voice, but a voice they recognized as such. Um, have you spoken to people where the voice was from a particular person and not the self? Well, they're they're all introduced. They're all oh, they're, what, they're all introduced. What does that mean? It, well, it, it,
2: do you have children?
0: Yes, three teenagers. Yeah, God
2: help. Okay, so so you you watch them go from not even realizing that they're separate right to they if they just don't seem to have anything going on right they need clean pants they scream they get hungry they scream aside from that you know they're just kind of little blobs of um hearing and seeing and that sort of thing and then as they get older you see them becoming a person now again you know age they're all of the developmental stages are you know, really well-documented. People study little people all the time to see at what point they this and at what point they that. Um, and so you can watch them turn into somebody. I imagine you and your wife have raised all of them, and yet they're not the same. They're not the same people. They've gotten the same messages, but they're not the same people, right? They're yeah, totally different. Yeah, they're all totally different. So the messages are internalized, a great deal, depending on, you know, I'm a Buddhist. So I'm going to talk in terms of karma, right? In terms of everybody arrives uh, with a certain predisposition, set of predispositions. And then then they encounter what it is that they encounter. Um, and they interpret that. But the point is that people are learning to accommodate. They have to, uh, you, you have to. As a child, you have to learn to find a place. You have to be able to fit in. You have to survive. that That's what's going on with a child. Now, I imagine I can project that with you and your wife, their survival was probably not in question very often. However, from a child's perspective, when mom gets really upset or dad gets really upset, that's terrifying. They don't know. I'm loved unconditionally. They're not going to kill me, okay? Um, And so children are taking in those messages and interpreting them all the time. It's why when kids grow up and they say these things to their parents and their parents just look at each other like, what are they talking about? I would have never said anything like that to you. You know, the the kid who's convinced that they got abandoned at school. Everybody went off for uh, Thanksgiving giving vacation and their parents forgot to pick them up. It's real to them. Now, the parents, of course, swear that nothing like that ever happened, but but that's the interpretation. So where all of this comes
0: from, we could never know that. All right, so what have you found useful about tuning into this, this voice, self-voice? How has it helped you?
2: Well, it's not a voice. First of all, there are many voices, as your friendly neighborhood psychologist would tell you. People have many different aspects to their personality, um, and some of them are, you know, maybe you're an animal lover, or you're you're an athlete, or you're a gardener, or you're a, a reader, you're a student of ancient history, you're a, and those could all be one person, right, with all of those different interests and. Uh, If the person is a student of ancient history, uh, the gardener is nowhere to be found, right? If they are uh, gardening, the athlete isn't there, right? Uh, Certainly the animal lover isn't there if somebody just came in and dug up all their tulips, right? So we have all different kinds of uh, aspects to our personality. And some of them are very positive and some of them are not so positive. Um, And people feel about them in various ways. So again, there's just a tremendous range of conditioning that goes on, which is why psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, folks like that, uh, counselors uh, have full-time jobs, trying to help people sort out all of the various things that, that go on with them and to make sense out of it. So I am a student of awareness. And that's that's what I do. I teach people to how to pay attention, how to expand their awareness, how to step back from uh, from an identification with a particular aspect of the personality to be able to see it um, in the way that you can see it with somebody else. And because, again, I'm a I'm a Buddhist. uh, It comes from a place of compassion and and ending suffering. You know, that's our whole deal is learning to accept, to understand and accept so that uh the the punishment, the suffering, the hatefulness that a lot of people live with is not a factor in their life.
0: Well, is there uh, an exercise that we could do on the podcast, you know, that the listeners could do for a minute or two, uh, to help themselves in some way, or is it uh you know, is it not like that? Or it's
2: if not <laughs> it's It's kind of not it's sort of, it's sort of like uh you know you you want to, uh you you want to learn to swim. it's more like that uh and you've and you've never been a swimmer uh but the, it doesn't mean that the world is full of information, right now if they recognize the the uh negative voice in their head, if they have feel like they have a critical voice, a judgmental voice in their head, judging themselves or judging others. Be, the feeling, people talk about being watched. People think God is watching them. People feel like they're being punished because God is watching them and they're, they're being bad. And so bad things are happening to them. So it, it, this kind of thing, catching on to these kinds of processes, uh, is it, just extraordinarily helpful. So regardless of what you were taught to believe, there's nothing wrong with you. Now, that's a blanket statement for me. That is true for everybody on the planet. Um, and so, if people, if that appeals to them, they should get that book and read it. And <laughs> they can go on our website and download it for free, as a matter of fact. That's how, that's how uh, important I think it is uh, as a message for people. So uh, then, you know, you, be, you start tuning in and realizing is that going on? Do I feel judged? Do I feel like I'm being watched? Do I feel guilty? Do I feel bad if I, you know, if I have an extra dessert, or if I spend money on that, or if I didn't, whatever it is? Do do I do I feel bad? Do I feel guilty? Do I, then you know you want you want to look cool. into it because it's not necessary. We don't have to right, suffer. That's the point.
0: So if someone uh, does feel bad and they have this, you know, let's say waste voice or voices in their head that tell them negative things, what what can they do about it? They they you should realize, oh, okay, uh, I'm judging myself when uh, you know whenever I'm at work, I always come away from meetings and, and think, uh, why didn't I say anything or why did I say something like that? I'm stupid, everyone thinks I'm dumb, whatever it may be. Um,
2: you got it, you these, are, these are the vo- these are the voices that people live with <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly like that
0: yeah all right, but once once yeah. you understand that and acknowledge it, then what do you do with it? How do you reconcile well, it? Is then, your goal to make a listen less, less impactful or what?
2: Then, then it's a then it's a process. Uh, then you you either want to change your relationship with that or you don't. But it's not it's not the kind of thing you can do just by thinking about it. So, for instance, say say you have a weight issue, right? And one of you, the reasons you have a weight issue is that you really like sugar a lot. Okay, right. you can't just say, "Well, I like sugar a lot, so I'm going to like it less, and then I won't eat as much sugar, and then I'll lose weight." It doesn't work like that. We can have an intellectual understanding of all kinds of things, but that doesn't change the foundation of what's going on with us. So it's a deal. I mean, you know, many, many people in their lives go to therapists uh, because they have something going on and they don't understand and they can't, they can't affect it. And so they get help. They, get, they gain insight into what's going on with them. They learn tools and techniques for transforming their behavior, transforming their understanding. You know, people go to religion for that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of how people are in the world. If it's a professional thing, you know, people will go to trainings in order to become uh, better able to deal
0: with their coworkers or to be a better leader. Or it's all the same process. So what, most people don't even acknowledge this is going on, much less use some kind of training to help them, you know, be affected by it. That's was. right. Is that what you're saying?
2: Okay. Most people most people just suffer. Mm. Yeah.
0: So what, what would be yeah. um again, without giving away the book, what would be part of the training that you could talk about?
2: Oh well I I mean there's not there's nothing to give away. I mean, I just in the book just uh basically uh give people places to look. Um You know do you hear these the first three pages of the book are our parental messages you know stop that put that down i've told you to quit that i'm going to count to three if you do that again why 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 don't you ever listen would you please pay attention could you would you get up and yeah you have kids you might those might be familiar right and so everybody was raised with that right and so it's recognizing the process so for instance If you're afraid to fly and and flying is something that you have to do for your career, right? You're going to do whatever you need to do to get past your fear of flying. Now, you may just drug yourself to the point that, you know, you have to be poured onto the plane or you do hypnotherapy or you do something, right? Because you can't just stay in a state of paralysis about this. However, If you're terrified of flying and you don't ever have to fly, all that means is you're never going to go anywhere.
0: Okay. All right. So depending on someone's situation, not only could this uh, self-talk of these voices be draining or kind of preventing them from living a a life of less suffering, but in some people it's like totally debilitating. So I guess people have to understand where they're at, what level, and then either make the effort or not to help themselves if they want to.
2: That's exactly right, which is true about everything, right? It's true with everything. In Buddhism, we talk about it as when you get to the point where you can't take it any longer, then you're motivated to do something about it. My teacher used to say, when you're drowning, it's your very best opportunity to learn to swim. Before that, it might not have been that high a priority. Now it's a really high priority, so a person who is finds themselves incapacitated by anxiety might have been a worrier all of their life, but they were able to stand it. Now they were able to stand it. They, if they had dealt with it ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years before, would they have lived a lot happier, more relaxed, more enjoyable life? Yes, absolutely. But most people don't address something until they have to.
0: Yeah, that makes That's how sense. We are. Yeah, it's just how we are. Okay. Now that you've done this so, book, like, what what kind of feedback have you gotten from people that have read it? You know, what what kind of benefits have they uh, told you about from
2: Oh, well, they've had their lives transformed. <laughs> they've gone from being unhappy people to happy people. So, yeah, and of course, you know, we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of people. If you do the work, it, then it works, and uh, and people realize that 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 is a negative voice in their head. It is a voice of self-hatred. It's not them. It's not there because they're a bad person or they've done something wrong. It's just old. It's conditioned. It's largely a habit. It's unexamined belief. And it's something that a person can address and and go beyond. Uh, One of the tools that has made the biggest difference for people um, is recording and listening. And it's a way that people are able to uh, step back from themselves and have a relationship with themselves that's much like they would have a relationship with somebody else. So for instance, if I really, you mentioned meetings, you know, I have to, I have to do presentations for uh, at work. I'm, I'm shy. I hate it. I hate talking in front of people. I, I agonize over it. i wet up a storm before I'm miserable all the way through it and then as I go back to my office I'm just being told that was really stupid I can't believe you said that did you see how Bob looked at you when you you know all of those kinds of things so I can go back to my office and I can pull out my little recorder my phone or whatever I record with and I talk about everything that went on I talk about how I feel. I talk about what the voices in my head are saying to me. And then I, I have the ability to listen to that as I would listen to a good friend. And I can hear from that distance um, how much of it is a negative habit. It's not legitimate. I didn't say a bunch of stupid stuff. Uh, and Bob wasn't looking at me that way. So that's one of the ways that uh, people can support themselves. And I'm very hopeful actually, uh, that this begins to catch on, um, uh, because uh it would be wonderful for kids growing up not to lose themselves in the process of becoming teenagers and then young adults and joining the the ranks of the largely miserable.
0: Okay. Um what's uh what's next now that this book is out and like you said it's helped thousands of people, which is great. what else do you well, see needs fair. to be done or is it
2: this uh, this this particular book was book four. We're now at book twenty-five. Um, so we it, we actually because we do awareness practice, and because uh, becoming aware of what goes on, and having the opportunity to make different choices in our lives is the path to freedom. Uh, we have a book on fear, uh, depression, uh, parenting, relationship. You know. <laughs> Just all of the issues that human beings struggle with, uh, we have books that help them bring conscious awareness to what goes on with them. So they can see themselves uh, in the pages of a book and have some encouragement to explore what's going on rather than just believing that what we've been taught to believe is actually true and real.
0: Mm. Okay. So you have a whole series. Um, Do you have any Like one-on-one coaching or group coaching, or is it really in the reading of the books that people will be able to help
2: themselves? Oh, so every day, so for the last, uh, I don't know how many years, five years, something like that, I do a radio show every day, a talk uh, call-in radio show, which is international. We talk to people all over the world about this stuff, and then every Tuesday evening we do a radio show. Same, Same thing, people can talk about anything on that one. In the morning show, we always have a theme. Uh, that we're looking at, but it's always around increased awareness and being able to be in a setting where people can see how other people operate, what goes on with them. Uh, one of the big causes of suffering for people is that they think they're the only ones because we're conditioned to be silent about what goes on with us. Uh, for instance, it's very uh, new for for people to be able to uh hear somebody say, I, I have a voice in my head that tells me I'm stupid when I uh just did whatever. That's fairly new for that to be an acceptable point of conversation because that's the kind of thing you hide. So if you're anxious about something or insecure about something, fearful, uh whatever it is, you hide it. You you try to, you know, you you do your cardboard Henry, right? You go out there you put on your nice outfit and you're the right to your a-game and you go out there and you pretend that all of this stuff that's going on behind the scenes isn't going on so everybody you know i'm a mess inside but everybody else looks like they're fine so i should i must be the only one well when you get large groups of people together talking about what actually goes on with them it's very it's encouraging and comforting because you realize oh god it's a human condition there isn't anything wrong with me. It's, it's just how we're taught to think and believe. And it's not necessary. It's not true.
0: What about the sticklers that say, no, no, it is true, and I'm banned, and all that stuff. And they, you know, they're just they're stuck. Well, you know,
2: here's the way the Buddha taught it. The wonderful part about being a human being is that you can suffer for just as long as you want to suffer, and when you no longer want to suffer, you don't have to. That's a very good deal. And that is true. So if a person wants to live in that world, a lot of people, Rich, a lot of people want to be victims. I don't know if you've noticed that, but being a victim is extremely popular. No matter how much you have, no matter how much you have, no matter how privileged, how everything, people can find a way to see themselves as a victim. And then once you're a victim, of course, you get to victimize. So that's really popular. So if a person wants to do that, I don't have any problem with that. I'm only interested in talking to the people who don't want to do that, who realize, you know, I'd rather not suffer. I would rather live in peace and freedom and enjoy this uh, period of time I have on this earth. And so is there a way to do that? And of course, that's what the Buddha taught, right? That's what Jesus taught too, by the way. <laughs>
0: we, we often people don't think about it that way, but that is what he taught.
2: It's not a hidden message,
0: right? I mean, but if if someone doesn't want to suffer, but they are suffering, and they just like I can't, I can't, you know, it's just too much for them. What do they do? Suffer. All right, but what if someone really doesn't want to suffer anymore? It, it rich.
2: That's the so rich. Like that's the so, uh, no, 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 no. That's the point. They can decide that if a person. Again, the victim. I really want to be different, but I can't be. And, and then we call that hogwash. If you really want it to be different, it will be different. And until you really want it to be different, it won't be different. So, no, I'm not bleeding heart. I don't think anyone is unequal to their life. I don't think anyone is inadequate. Not at all. It's a, uh, uh, an equal opportunity life. And we see that. We see people who are in the most god-awful circumstances, uh, mm. and they rise above it, and they do incredible, amazing things. So,
0: no, no. You haven't met anyone that really wanted to that they couldn't? No,
2: no. Okay. In fact, I, I've i talked to people, uh, because I have a history of depression, I've talked to to people who were profoundly depressed, thought that they uh, hospitalized, thought that they would never never have a different life experience and they are no longer depressed so no i
0: i no,
2: i'd be one of those people
0: Oh, well, okay that's good that's excellent yeah yeah did. all right uh, for listeners uh since you have so many books so if someone's having a problem if they're new to all this if they're not really self-aware you know like for me oh just kidding what where, where do they start like which of your books should or could they start with or is anyone to start with a great intro like what what would you recommend
2: Oh, I I like the one we're talking about. There's nothing wrong with you. It's great. So all of our books they look like little kids' books, right? I don't know if you've ever seen one of them, but when I first my the first book that I put out was in 1983, um, I think 1984 when it finally actually came out. Now this is before computers. This is before this is typesetting. This is you now this is the dark ages, right? And so it it was hand lettered. My editor actually hand-lettered it and drew the illustrations for the book. And so then years later, uh, when a major, the first major publishing uh, house asked us to do a book for them, I assumed that they would want the book to be typeset and look like a normal grown-up book. And they said, oh no, no, we don't want, no, we want it to, we want it to be hand-lettered. So all yeah. of our books are. And it's just because, uh, you know, because we're just folks and uh, we're all we're all kind of uh, uh little people I- at heart. And um so yeah, it's a that's a that's a good one to start with. And then if somebody has a particular issue, you know, if they uh everybody has self hate as an issue. So um but if somebody feels like depression is more their deal, uh or fear or that sort of thing, then any of them. They're they're all quite user friendly.
0: Okay. All right. Well, very good. Well, Theria, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, explaining this. You know, it's just taken time for me to get my head around it, but hopefully, um, you know, listeners were more adept at picking it up than I was. We'll see. Uh, but again, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it.
2: Well, you are so welcome. I've really enjoyed it and I appreciate it. Take good care of yourself.
1: If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes.